0: Good morning, everybody. I'm Dan Benjamin. Today is Monday, February 22nd, it looks like, and uh, it's 2021, and uh, I am here in Austin, Texas. There are some of you who tune into the show and you don't know that I'm in Austin, Texas. I am in Austin, Texas, and we, like the rest of Texas, were completely screwed by the storm. So there's still a lot of conversation going on in the space of what actually happened and what system failed, and at first it looked like it was one system that generated power and then it looked more like it was another and all of this became quickly politicized because people on the right were saying I guess this is your right. Uh people on the right were saying, oh, it's because of the renewable energy. Because it seems like people on the right are anti renewable energy, like, you know, wind turbines and stuff like that. And then people on the left were saying that's not the case. Well in reality, guess what? It it all kind of failed. There isn't a single source of responsibility. They're they're supposed to be gas, they're supposed to be coal, they're supposed to be nuclear, and they're supposed to be some renewable energy like wind turbines. They all failed in different ways. They're all failed. They're all to blame. But at the heart of who's to blame, it's whoever was making the decisions in Texas and said, we're not going to winterize our stuff because we generally don't have that bad of a winter that we're going to have stuff freezing. But the reality was it was like this domino effect. So that what we had was a, a whole series of failures, one after the next, that led to initially a power problem. So many, many millions of people, including uh, pretty much everyone that I know was without power, anywhere from a day to five, six days. And I think there's still people currently without power, which is pretty horrible. Then the water became an issue. Some people lost water quickly, some didn't. We lost water at my house a few days ago and it stayed out. and. As of last night at about 10 o'clock, that was when water pressure really was usable again. So, um, thanks to my friend Ryan, who let me come to his house and take a shower uh, after three or four days without it, it was not fun. And uh, I was actually able to take a shower in my own house today for the first time in five or six days. So, that was really nice. Also, flushing toilets without water, it's just not gonna happen. So what I and a lot of people that I know were doing without water, fortunately, even though it was the cause of this problem, we had snow. So I probably filled a dozen buckets over then and, and, and these giant bins and coolers with snow, which I would then take inside, melt on the gas stove and use to flush the toilets, which is as disgusting as you can imagine. The whole process of all of that is disgusting. And so what this whole thing, I think, really taught a lot of us who went through it and certainly taught me is th- what is the definition of civilization? And I'll, I'll tell you, for me, it, civilization comes down to like two things. The difference between being in civilization and not being in civilization, it comes down to electricity and running water. We still can't drink our water right now. We can't drink it. Now, could we drink it? Maybe. But the water company says don't drink it because they have to conduct tests. Apparently, my friend was explaining to me that what happens is the the pipes that contain the water are under high pressure. The mains, I guess they're called, that deliver them to your house. They're under high pressure. And when that pressure decreases, apparently it's then possible for uh, for I guess, pollutants or whatever's around the pipes to seep into the pipes because the pressure's gone. And that can then cause problems with water quality. It doesn't necessarily happen. It doesn't necessarily cause problems. But like any government organization, the water company, the municipalities here, they cannot say, "Eh, you're probably all right. No. They have to say, we can guarantee that 100% of the water is 100% safe for 100% of the people 100% of the time. And if they can't say that, then they say you better boil it. So we have to boil the water. That's that's the problem that everybody's going on now so the people who have had their water restored still probably can't drink it except in one small part of central Austin. Those people that's been lifted they can drink it. Hopefully within the next few days we'll be told that we can drink it again. But what a nightmare. Now we're going to enter into the part where people start saying, well, what about the food shortages? Because the pipeline to get food to all of Texas has been interrupted. All of the crops, growers, farmers, and people like that have had their crops decimated and destroyed. Their ability to uh, get food where it needs to go completely shut down. Haven't heard about a gas crisis yet. But that's going to happen soon because people will start to fear that and they'll go and start to top off their gases. And so the very, the gas tanks, and so the very thing that they fear, which is gas shortage will actually happen because of their actions, because they're going to be creating that by doing that kind of thing. I've heard that people during this water crisis, they kept saying, Austin Water kept saying and Austin Energy kept saying, don't. Wastewater, conserve, because what they need to do is they need to fill up all these reservoirs that they have. When the reservoirs are full, that increases pressure. That's what allows the water to get to all of Austin. It's a completely interconnected system. So, as we're sitting here waiting and hoping for our water to be restored, there's people washing their cars and doing laundry, and car washes were in operation. And what I tweeted out is these people should be put in prison. I am not kidding when I say that. It's still important to conserve water right now. And there are people who aren't doing it like, yeah, you want to take a shower. Fine. Take a shower. You need to wash your dishes. Wash some dishes. Okay, I understand you've got to have stuff like that. Wash your hands, certainly. But there were people washing their cars, running outdoor fountains, filling up their swimming pools. What kind of idiots would do this? Those people should be put into prison. And here are a lot of comments. Uh, and let's see what what some of these say, if there's anything worth, uh, just people saying, hi, and glad that I'm okay, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, so this has just been a, a complete disaster. So that's a summary of what's been going on, being able to shower and flush toilets. I don't know how long it's going to take me to forget about that and take it for granted again, but I'm going to try really hard to remember how important that is. One other thing I, I'm going to promote about this that came out of this. Oh, and yes, this one I've been waiting to play for a while. Does that look clean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, through this process, something I've been very interested in for a long time is the entire concept of of not prepping but being prepared. It's something that I've wanted to do. And I've met with some opposition in the household about it and uh, some other issues. But I finally decided, you know what, this finally, finally pushed me over the edge. I don't ever want to be unprepared for something like this again. I don't want to be a nut job, though. And I don't want to move off the grid. I live in a regular house. I live in a neighborhood. And I don't, I don't want to move somewhere where I have to build some compound to be prepared for this kind of thing again. Well, it's not necessary to do that. And uh, I want to learn how to do it. I'm willing to try anything. I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to hopefully not get hurt in the process, but, but really learn from experts and weirdos and nut jobs, but experts mainly, how do you survive something like this without incredibly huge inconveniences? Like I was one of the first people that I knew who was starting to fill up containers with ice to melt to use or, or snow to use for different things. But what if there wasn't snow to use? What would I have done? Didn't have any water stored. Any, I mean, like enough to get by for a couple people for a couple days. That's not enough. I have some basically MREs, freeze-dried food and stuff like that. But without water, you can't do most of that. Without a heating source, you can't do very much of it. We rely on so much of our infrastructure. I'm just glad the gas didn't go out because that's my stove. That's my water heater. That's my fireplace. I don't want to be in that situation again. So I decided now during all of this is the right time to start something I call disaster-proof. So go to disasterproof.tv. That is right now my YouTube channel that I've just started. Go there and subscribe. I am going to be the guinea pig. I am going to go and learn all of this stuff and learn it by doing and learn by talking to all of the experts in the field, traveling around the country maybe to learn from the people who know it best to teach me how I can apply the survivalist and prepper skills to someone who lives in the real world in a regular place, in a regular house. You don't need to be a nut job to be prepared. And that's what I am setting out to to do. So you can go to uh patreon.com slash or disasterproof.tv to get to the YouTube. I haven't started anything more than the intro video, but if you wanna help me do it, it's gonna cost me money and it's gonna take me away from doing other things that make me money. So if you wanna support me, go there. Of course you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. And of course, uh, like, and subscribe and ring the little bell right there. Um, to uh, To get notified when I do a new show, all right? Can you tell that I'm that I'm tired? I'm very tired. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's a lot of articles in here uh, about where's someone came in here and changed. It. There used to be a button. There it is. That's the one uh, where uh, where it'll let me switch. So anyway, take a look at this. Um, you know, talk. These articles are talking about one of the coldest winters in history. And all of these disaster declarations, you know, it's, it's going to, it's, it, what is that weird view? (laughs) What is that one? (laughs) Um, It's going to take me a while to kind of wrap my head around this whole issue and really understand everything that went on, why all of this happened. So I'm not really going to get too much into it now. Uh, But look at these links. These links don't even load. That's, I told you the browsers were crashing I'm just going to accept it, but people were dying. A lot of people died. People went out into their cars and froze to death, uh, and that's what a lot of these articles are about. If you go to uh, dbl.fireside.fm, you're going to or um, DanBenjamin.live, you're going to be able to see all of these links. Uh, but there's an explanation here as to why Texas was seeing all of these uh, temperatures. This is, uh, you know, we were like nine degrees for a while and completely not uh, prepared for that. There were tons of crashes. Basically, all of this that happened was because we had this cold, uh, cold, what they were calling an Arctic vortex or something like that, move down the country. And it took us to these incredibly low temperatures across the country, but it hit us here really bad because, like I said, nothing was winterized. So if you want to learn more about that, there's a handful of links there as the scientists uh, start and, um, and uh, pull, pull all of this apart and tease it apart. Uh, oh, it is time for me to – You can Can you tell I'm tired? I'm just going to keep saying it because Excuse I'm me. so tired. I'm in need of medical attention. A lot of corona stuff has come out, though. Um, they're going to say to China – the White House is saying China must release data from the earliest days of the outbreak. They must. The WHO is asking for this. Uh, the White House is now asking for it. They really want to understand what happened, and China knows, and they're not saying – China knows, and they are not saying – What's going on over there, because they know that it was them they they there is more evidence now coming out that maybe this isn't quite natural. Oh, there were tons of pollutants that were released. Did you hear about that? Because all of these refineries and plants as they were losing power, they couldn't process all of this, and they had to basically you know do these things were you ever seen at the top of a of like one of those plants, some manufacturing plant, how there's like this plume of fire? Coming out the top, that's them releasing gas, venting it out, burning it off. There's a lot of that going on. Um, you know, it is just a nightmare. So now the, the sky is polluted. I mentioned that I saw a rattlesnake outside of my house this morning. That's because millions of trees have been knocked down because of this thing. And, uh, you know, it's just absolutely crazy um, what was going on and and where everything is going to be. We don't even begin... To know the full extent of the damage and how much this will actually cost, you know people still talk about Katrina as being a huge event. This was as big as Katrina, and maybe maybe bigger, we won't know for a while as far as the number of people that it affects and the long-term effects of this. it's just not over. Um, here's an interesting article that just came out a couple of days ago talking about um, uh, the frozen wind turbines. This is in the Texas Tribune. The Texas Tribune is definitely a, a a paper, I guess, I guess a, a website to pay attention to. Texastribune.org. I've got them uh, in the show notes for a number of articles. These people are doing an excellent job at getting to the bottom of what really happened. So if you want the straight news without uh the way main I mean they're mainstream, but without the way that like the big news media organizations present it, that's the place to go. Uh okay, but we were we were supposed to be talking about Medic. COVID. Hygiene theater, as it's called. They're saying it's still a huge waste of time. Uh, it has nothing to do with surfaces. Here's a wonderful article reporting this. It's by uh, Derek uh, Thompson. Wait a minute. Who, can, who changed all of this stuff? Where's my... Uh, this app. I'm sorry. This app has some bugs. This app does have some bugs. In my soundboard app. I'm going to have uh, to redo it. But we just, we just want this. That's your name, dude. Thank you. Derek Thompson, staff writer at The Atlantic. Talking about uh, how many people think that it's all about surfaces and they thought that it was going to be about washing your hands. Well, you should still wash your hands, Uh, but wiping things down, they're calling that uh, hygiene theater because it makes people feel better, but it doesn't actually apparently really make that much difference. Um, You don't need to wipe anything down. This virus comes in droplets expelled from a person's nose and mouth that you then breathe in through your nose and mouth. Those droplets could land on a surface and then you might touch that surface and then maybe rub your eye or get it in your nose. That's just not the way. Now, the flu and the cold definitely go that way. But more and more, there's proof that that is not, is not how coronavirus is transferred. doesn't mean don't wash your hands. It just means it's probably not the way that you're going to get it. So if you're still wiping down your groceries, you can stop. You don't have to. Um, gosh, these are all out of order. I'm sorry about that. If you go to that site, it's going to be a, uh, a nightmare. Uh, this little poor little computer can't even keep all these tabs open. Yes, I'll agree to your cookies, Politico. Uh, more on these vaccines, though. As as we've talked about these different strains of coronavirus that are being discovered and coming out, uh, some of the vaccines that we have for them work, but some don't. Well, apparently they're going to be able to modify the existing vaccines to do a better job at covering these additional strains without having to go through the entire process of recertification for the vaccines. And so there's a lot of articles talking about this right here. But in the European Union, they're planning to fast track approval of the vaccines that target the mutations so that they'll just, they won't have to go through this entire process. And that's very interesting to me because- These are different vaccine types than we've had in the past. They're not typically like this um, because they use RNA instead of having essentially like a a dead or deactivated version of the virus. This is something about the RNA that teaches your RNA how to defend against the virus without actually introducing the virus or a dead version of the virus into your system. Uh, An interesting note that did come out, and this is already old. I'm sure you've seen this one already, but the CDC is not recommending a COVID test uh, before you travel domestically. Uh, federal officials had been considering making this a requirement, but they decided not to. And here's the quote. At this time, the CDC is not recommending required point of departure testing for domestic travel. Uh, as part of our close monitoring of the pandemic, in particular, the continued spread of variants we will continue to review public health options for containing and mitigating spread of COVID-19 in the travel space. If someone must travel, they should get tested with a viral test one to three days before the trip. After travel, getting tested with a viral test three to five days post-travel and staying home and self-quarantining for seven days, even if the results are negative, is a recommended public health measure to reduce risk. And I would say to you, why? Two questions, okay? First, why aren't they requiring a test? My guess is because uh, maybe they believe that testing resources aren't readily available. Perhaps they are too expensive for people. Perhaps they can't expect people to take that much responsibility. I think I would be very much in favor of a test, even if it's a rapid test, before you travel. I think they should mandate that. I don't think anyone should be doing plane travel right now. And I think anybody who is, they're probably planning to double mask. They're probably planning to do all of these different precautions. Why not require a test? I think that our, uh, our, our governmental offices, CDC and, and otherwise, should get a little bit tougher on this kind of thing. They're so timid about everything. And they probably have a right to be because every time that there's some kind of requirement, you've got a huge swath of people who will say, "You can't control me. That's in, you know, infringing upon my rights." So it's probably one of those things. But the second question is uh you know, in addition to to requiring a test, why are they telling people to quarantine themselves even if they get a negative test? If you if you go and you get the the test where they insert the thing all the way down your nose that's supposed to be definitive right isn't that supposed to be definitive so why would you quarantine yourself for a week if you've got a negative covid test of that sort the 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 deep test i don't know what the thing is called if the people know um so hold on let me see these uh chats um <laughs> the answer ch- the answer changing the bu- the button assignments that's right um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, Brian is saying in the, in the chat, will it impact outcomes. I imagine plane travel is some, uh, a smaller portion of domestic interstate travel compared to cars and trucks. My understanding is that plane travel is incredibly safe, that it's all it's, it's almost harder to get it on a plane than it would be in a grocery store. This is my understanding because the filtration and the air movement and other things like that, but why wouldn't you get tested anyway? It seems responsible. It's like nobody wants to be responsible or take any responsibility for their their actions. I don't know. Um, here's a CDC uh, director uh, with a quote from Rochelle o. Walensky That's your name. saying who's the CDC director saying it's too early for states to roll back mask mandates. It's encouraging to see these trends coming down, but they're coming down from an extraordinarily high place. Talking about the trends of coronavirus impact. Um Basically, they say that uh, deaths are still too high. Absolutely, Walensky told uh, host Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press, when asked if it was too early for officials to do away with mandates. We are still at about 100,000 cases a day. We're still around 1,500 to 3,500 deaths per day. The cases are more than two and a half fold times what we saw over the summer. So they're saying, you know, still wear your mask and do all of that. Why is that such a big deal for people? That's what I don't understand. I wear a mask when I go out into a, a public place. I wear a mask, uh, it sucks, like it's stupid, but so what? CDC director said schools can reopen safely without all of the teachers being vaccinated as daily infection numbers dip below 8,500 for the first time in three months. This is another quote from Rochelle Walensky. Um, There's a lot of schools that have been in session and there are almost no cases in the schools. I've said it before, I will say it again, schools are not where coronavirus and COVID-19, that's not where they're being transmitted. That's not where people are getting them and that's not how they're being spread. If you're at school, the kids can social distance in many schools. They can wear masks in many schools. And it seems like the schools that are doing that, keeping the kids socially distant and wearing masks, as well as the teachers, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of cases being spread that way, if any. Show me the report that shows something different than that, and I will, I will link to it and talk about it here. Uh, but uh, I am not seeing that. There is an article here uh, by Christina Maxoris and Holly Yan in CNN saying, here's why some COVID-19 numbers keep improving. And, you know, again, look how timid mainstream media. Here's how some seem to maybe be improving. Just give us the facts and you don't have to be so timid. We're not going to uh, we're not going to you know, chase after you with uh, with torches and uh, pitchforks. Kudos to everyone. Again, listen to this writing. Listen to this writing. Just give me the facts, your news. I don't want to be I'm not here for entertainment. I'm here for news, news, not entertainment. Kudos to everyone who's been doubling down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Stop saying doubling down. Do you people know what doubling down means? It's not doesn't mean the way you're using it. Kudos to everyone who's been doubling down on mask wearing and social distancing. Health experts say your efforts are paying off. But with only 4% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated, experts say Americans must continue safety precautions at full force to prevent. Now, you want me to read this news style? Okay, people seem to like it when I do that. But with only 4% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated, experts say Americans must continue safety precautions at full force to prevent highly contagious variants from undoing all the progress. Researchers reported Sunday that they identified seven troubling new coronavirus variants circling in the U.S., according to Dr. Wilbur Chen, an infectious disease specialist at the University of Maryland Medical School. We certainly want to preserve the full efficacy of these vaccines by that's you can tell Don't do the news full time. These vaccines by preventing more variant viruses. But again, these vaccines are effective and they continue to be useful. Chen, who is a member of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, said, I'm Dan Benjamin, 19 News. Okay. Uh, The next article that I have here for you is Dr. Fauci, who has shifted the timeline on when the general public will be able to get a vaccine. That's right. He was saying. He was saying it would be sooner, but now he's saying, eh, if you have no health conditions, it's going to be closer to April. I know a lot of people who are finding ways to get around the system. They go to a certain webpage, they reload it, they do a whole bunch of things like that. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. And I would think you, if you are healthy and younger, let all of the people who really need it get it first. Okay? When all of the people who are older in your life that you know, when all of them have it, then I think you should consider getting it. I don't approve of you running out and getting it first. I think that it's selfish and ignorant. So sorry to all my friends who are talking about how excited they are that they have their first or second round of corona vaccinations. Uh, if you're not like helping people who really need to get it, if there's still people, if you know nobody, if you can point to nobody that you know who's either immune compromised, has comorbidities or is older, if, if you know one person In those categories, it hasn't gotten it yet. You cannot get it. This is my rule, and this is my rule for myself. I won't get it until everybody that I know that really needs it has gotten it. Then we can talk, okay? Then we can talk. There's an article here in uh, CNN saying the FDA moved too fast to authorize coronavirus antibodies tests. This is two top officials admitting this, yeah? So what does it mean? It says they moved too quickly to allow the marketing of antibody tests for coronavirus without authorization last spring and ended up with a lot of tests that did not work well. This is coming in from Dr. Jeffrey Shuren, Director of FDA's Center for uh, Devices and Radiological Health, and Dr. Timothy Stenzel, Stenzel, the Director of the FDA's Office of In-Vitro Diagnostic and Radiological Health. This is a joint commentary. It came out in the New England Journal of Medicine. They said at the time, it seemed important to get antibody tests into the market so researchers could assess just how widespread the virus was. So the FDA published guidance in March allowing developers to market tests without emergency use authorization as long as the test was validated. And uh, they were saying it was too soon. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world to do it. Shame on them. Uh, I'm going to skip through a bunch of these. Yeah, we know the. Uh, that we know that so okay so there's a study uh, come out saying the animals most likely to cause the next big COVID outbreak quote we want to know where the next coronavirus might come from this is marcus Blackgrove. i love these names name. we're getting today and all of this uh basically they're saying this is a, in uh nature communications which unfortunately i let my subscription expire uh talking about how artificial intelligence was used to predict previously unsuspected animal hosts of a new version of coronavirus, they are there are a hundred and eighty eight hundred and seventy six potential mammal species that could host one or dozens. There are four hundred and eleven strains, but then they had to figure out which one of these animals could potentially mutate it into something that could then affect human beings. So they're still studying that. Um, they believe also that the variants could lead to a rapid rise in covid-19 cases if you remember the b117 which is no more dangerous or deadly and not proven to have any other effects it's just more contagious so there's people who are like going to africa right now what are you going to africa for and then coming back to whatever country you live in and spreading this stuff around it's crazy all right i'm i'm uh, last bit i won't want to talk about covid anymore uh the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine uh they've now proven it sharply reduces symptomatic COVID-19 in the real world this is based in Israel where a 90% uh of uh, they're seeing 90% of infections are being prevented and that's because so many people in Israel actually have it and uh and so now they have proof that it works wonderful it works that's excellent that's what we were hoping to hear and Sorry, I'm just closing tabs and closing tabs and closing tabs. And you have to wait while I do it. The theater of the mind. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this story. Oh, this is so dumb. I don't stop nothing, Ted you Cruz. Idiot. Okay. So you heard, I'm sure you've heard about this. Apparently, his daughters wanted to go to Cancun during the stuff that was going on here in Texas. And so he went and he left and he went to Cancun and then he came back. And is it safe to say that his entire career is over now? Can anyone respect this guy and take this guy seriously? With everything that was going on in Texas, the senator from Texas got up and took his kids and went to Cancun. Well, guess what? He also invited his Princeton roommate to join him on the vacation that his daughters asked for, <laughs> and so he came back. And there's pictures of him uh, serving barbecue and uh, and and loading uh, loading water into somebody's trunk, as if he was here all along. He's doing his thing. No, uh, no, you can't leave. If you're the senator, you can't just leave. Doesn't matter now. If you're like an an unknown person. And and you're wealthy enough to like leave, that's fine, I guess. You don't have to stay and suffer with the rest of us. But if you represent us, look at what Beto was doing. He was doing fundraising, he was distributing water. I'm not saying that uh a uh, Beto 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 is perfect either. But dude, like stay here. Be hang out with us. Okay. Uh so now here's something else that happened that's that I'll show you some pictures of. Uh, and, and, and in case you're a Donnie Darko fan, an engine uh, fell off of a, of a United Airlines 777-200. They were able to land the plane safely, and uh, everything was our concern, uh, was fine. Dude. But the debris rained down, uh, and I've got – I should have some links here with some more pictures. Yeah, here's actually a, a, a video. Let's see. Let's see how many ads this video will play for us uh, before. It's astonishing given what we saw stop Uh, yeah let's have audio and okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show it to you at all but anyway it dropped basically parts of this jet engine over denver and now as a result of that all of these planes have been recalled uh now this is also boosting rolls-royce who makes is a competitor of the manufacturers of this engine. They make a big engine too. And I was curious, how much does, do you think a jet engine costs? Take a guess in the chat room, uh, how much that, that uh, you think that they cost. I'm just curious. I looked this up. Don't cheat and look it up. I looked it up. I'll give you a second because there's a delay. I'm going to, I'm going to answer it somewhere between about 15 and $35 million for a single jet engine. So when they fail and if they have to be recalled to repair it, this is a very expensive uh, thing. Oh, man. Whoa, look at that. This is old. I'm just going to have to skip a lot of this news. I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. Oh, okay. I will I will show you this because I'm a watch nerd. Look at this awesome Bulova reissue, okay? Like, we need a little distraction from some of the stuff that's going on. This is from the 1970s. It's called the Devil Diver from Bulova. Look at this. Look at this cool watch. I had a Seiko uh, dive watch that came out in orange. I still have it. That I kind of tried to, like, make into this one uh this is an amazing watch it's the oceanographer aka the devil diver uh it it's, has 666 feet of water resistance that's why they call it the devil diver it has uh, 41 millimeters it has a stainless steel screw back case a screw down crown it's got two-tone unidirectional dive bezel this thing is amazing it's got a power reserve of 42 hours it's got the date indicator at three o'clock it's going to come out at about 650 bucks uh, when this thing comes out in the spring. We don't know exactly when it is going to come out yet though, but look at this thing, isn't that amazing? You know I love orange, you know I love Halloween, and black and orange are my colors, so I'm gonna have to start saving now. Um, There's an article in here about podcasts, but it's it's too much, and already we've been doing this for almost 40 minutes, so can't do it today. Oh, one thing, a follow-up from uh, an episode we were talking about last week, Bumble Co-Founder, um, she is the world's first, uh, the world's youngest self made woman billionaire, thanks to the IPO of Bumble. Isn't that amazing? It's so cool. Um, Whitney Wolfe heard ended the day Thursday. This is last week with a net worth of $1.5 billion, Bumble stock closing at 70.55. That seems to be one of the, um, uh, one of the, the the most popular dating apps out there. Uh, so good for her on that. It's amazing what you can do when you see an industry and you say, you know what, we can do this better. We can do this in a way that caters to a big audience, in this case, women, and make something that's more friendly for them. Uh, so you heard about this strange article about Chris Harrison, the host of Bachelor, stepping aside temporarily. Apparently he made a comment that excused historical racism. And uh, he came out with an apology and his apology says, this historic season uh, should not be marred or overshadowed by my mistakes or diminished by my actions. Basically, he said that he was, quote, ashamed over how uninformed I was when he was interviewed. He says, I have no one to blame but myself for what I said and the way that I spoke. He said he's stepping aside for a period of time. He will not be hosting the after the final roast special that follows the season finale. He says, I'm dedicated to getting educated on a more profound and productive level than ever before and uh, he has a whole statement here that he put out on instagram that you can read but basically what happened was he um he, there was a he attended a quote plantation themed party in 2018 and uh and after doing that apparently he made a comment about it and somehow he managed to basically avoid being canceled. I'm not sure if it was the speed of his response, but I think that played into it. So take a lesson uh, from from uh, him that if you do something that it, you realize was a mistake, um, just own up to it, say, uh, apologize and say, I made a mistake, I didn't realize it and I'm going to do what I need to do to learn about it. That seems like the best way to kind of I don't necessarily avoid being cancelled, but uh, to to respond and then actually follow through with it, learn more about it, be more open to it. It's the only thing that, that you can do. Uh, there are some links here. I'm just going to have to skip. Oh okay, apparently, um, I'm you know as a, Gen, as a Gen Xer, I'm used to the millennials ragging on uh, on us or saying that we're not cool. Now it's the millennials' turn to get attacked by uh, the gen zers who are saying that uh, among other things that this this emoji right here and if you're just um if you're just the listening it's the mind. one where the little crying laughing happy emoji if that's the name of it that you can't use those it's no longer cool anymore it's no longer cool you can't use them uh it is it is off and it is old and uh, here's a quote uh, saying, um, uh, as a 15 year old, I say you should use that. You shouldn't use that emoji because we sure aren't. You should, but we sure aren't going to. 21 uh, year old Walid Mohammed told CNN Business, "I stopped using it a while back because I saw older people using it, like my mom, my older siblings, and just older people in general. I use everything but the laughing emoji now." Uh, For many Gen Zers, the skull face emoji has become a a replacement for conveying laughter. It's the visual version of the slang phrase, I'm dead, or I'm dying, which signifies something is very funny. Other acceptable alternatives are the crying emoji, the loud crying face, as it's officially called, this one here, or just writing LOL or LMAO, 17-year-old Xavier Martin called the Crying, smiling emoji, bland, and said, "Not too many people his age use it." Stacy Theroux, 21, prefers the real crying emoji because it shows a more extreme emotion and feels more dramatic. She said she couldn't even find the laughing crying emoji on her iPhone's keyboard. This is Dan Benjamin, Channel 9 News. Watch the official premiere trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay, you know about Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? Okay, so here's the story for this. I'm not going to show this trail. You can go into the news, live, and you can watch it in latest news links there. But here's what happened. Um, Zack Snyder was originally directing and making this picture. I believe his child died and he had to stop, so they brought in Joss Whedon to finish it. Joss came in and changed everything around, did different effects and made it into a different movie than the movie that was originally intended to be made by Zack Snyder. So apparently there was this huge call from the fans and everyone else saying, we want to redo it. You've got to redo it. You've got to do it. It lasted for years. People begging him to redo it. He said, you know what? I'm going to come back and redo it. And The studio supported him. and They spent, I think it was some. I read, something like 70 million on basically making the movie that he wanted to make. With his own scenes, with his own order, everything. And this this is coming out. And I watched the trailer and it actually looks really, really good. Uh, I didn't like the version that came out before. So I'm thinking that maybe this is going to be better. So that's kind of – five hundred Corey says $500 That They did not spend $500 million on on remaking it, did they? I don't think – is that what you're talking about, Corey? I don't know. Okay, here's something weird. Remember how a Star Trek wanted to give us transparent aluminum? Well, guess what? In 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 the real world here, way the future. this is the one I meant to do. Uh, there's see-through wood, and they could use it to replace glass. And it has all the properties of regular wood, which is cool. And uh, we do tons and tons of wood production. Uh, it's very insulating, but it's not transparent, of course. Usually, well, now they have found a way to make see-through wood. It involves removing something called lignin from the structure and they replace it with a resin. So it's synthetic wood, right? It's not like you can grow it transparent, but they, then they, they do some things like bleaching the wood and other things like that. And, uh, and so they're going to be able to do this. So maybe your future house is not going to have glass anymore. You're going to have wood. Wouldn't that be weird? I think it'd be cool. Okay, and Nissan, oh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about you know what here, Where where is it? Someone came in, I swear to you, while I was gone, someone came in here and moved everything around. Apple, Apple is expected to partner with a third-party car maker to build its rumored self-driving car. And we heard it was going to be Hyundai, but then no, it's not going to be Hyundai. Is that because Hyundai talked about it and leaked it or were they not going to work with them anyway? Well, now they're talking to more manufacturers. I talked about this a little bit before. Nissan is the latest one that they're saying that they're talking about. And while we're talking about cars, Jaguar, or as you would say, Jagwire, is going to be an all-electric car brand as of 2025. So in just about four years from now, Jagwire will be probably the first luxury brand to be all-electric. How do you feel about electric vehicles? They're supposed to be better for the environment, but look at what just happened here in Texas, okay? I was able to drive my Ford F-150 with its four by four, even without the snow tires, I was able to get up and down our giant hill. I was able to get all around. And if I had needed to, if there had been an emergency, I would have been able to drive it around. What if I had only had an electric vehicle? Would I have been able to do it? I don't know. We had no power. A lot of people had no power. When you're, We're just becoming more and more and more reliant on our infrastructure. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm not anti-EV at all. I want an EV. But sometimes you might still need a combustion engine. It's tricky. So I'm going to be talking about this more on Disaster Proof. That's one of my biggest questions. This is just some weird news here. Machine Gun Kelly keeps Megan Fox. The women of the Bible. Do we must you? Must you spontaneously play? Thank you. Machine Gun Kelly keeps Megan Fox's blood on a necklace. <laughs> here's a picture. And uh, here's uh, the, uh, the necklace. Uh, and there's the blood. The of the right in there. So Megan Fox's blood. And when I read this, the first thing I thought is this isn't new. Right? Didn't Angelina Jolie uh, have, um, uh, oh, oh man, the Sling Blade Guy. Why can't I remember his name? The Sling Blade guy. Didn't, didn't they have blood and a little thing right there? I think, I think that they did. Mm-hmm. So nothing new. We all know about that. Um, okay, I don't need to talk about the whole clubhouse thing. It's not interesting. Parlors back online after a month of being offline. Okay. <sighs> this is the part of the show where I make fun of a headline. Listen to this headline. This is an article by Jordan Valinsky, Valinsky, What's your name, dude? who says, Nestle's newest Kit Kat is missing a key ingredient. Listen to the way that this headline, Billy Bob Thornton. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. That's what I needed. Um, okay. So Andy is saying gas stations and fuel transport is infrastructure too. Uh, it's infrastructure all the way down. Andy, you're not wrong. But I can do something with gasoline that I cannot do with electricity. And I'll tell you what it is. I can store it. And I can store it in a meaningful way. I can store it in a way that will power my truck. I can store it in a way that will power my generator. I can store it in a way that will power a variety of different tools should I need them. For example, a chainsaw. Okay. What if a tree had fallen on my roof like it did to my next door neighbor? I could remove that with a chainsaw. But if I had to plug it in, I couldn't have, right? I can also take that gasoline with me. So if for some horrible reason I had to evacuate, I could take the canisters of gasoline and put them in the back of my F-150 in the bed. And I could go hundreds of miles. I could also take that gasoline and take it to someone who needed it. I can't do that with power, not in a meaningful way. Not in a way that would help someone, not in a way that would make very much of a difference. I could have batteries. Yeah. For thousands of dollars, I could have a battery. And I've looked into this. I'm going to learn more about it when I do disaster proof. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have a lot more to learn. That's what the whole point of disasterproof.tv is all about. But if I took that small battery with me somewhere, I could, what, charge phones? Okay, that's valid could charge some phones, maybe could operate a lamp, maybe even a heater for a very short period of time. But if I have gasoline and gasoline powered things, I'm not saying gasoline is better. I'm just pointing this out. I could take those gasoline powered things and I could use them to charge all those same things, but I could also use them to power my vehicle, which could help me help others or help me get out of town if I needed to, you know, um, that's meaningful. That's something. We can't quite do that with electricity yet. Oh, well, there's solar. There's solar, which works unless it's snowing and raining and overcast, which it was. So again, I'm not saying poo-poo to EV stuff. I'm saying it doesn't solve all of the problems. In a perfect world, it's wonderful. In a perfect world, I can take my EV, I can plug it in and charge it at night, and I can commute and do all of that stuff, and it's much better and it's more efficient. I, that's why I want an EV for that but I'm going to be hard pressed to get rid of Betty. That's my truck because that truck that's useful in a very meaningful way. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Andy says it's true about gas distributed power storage is distributed power storage, batteries, et cetera, will catch up. I want them to, I want them to. Uh, so, but back to this net Nestle's newest Kit Kat is missing a key ingredient. When you see that, That makes you think that it's missing something. Yeah, it's not missing it if it's intentional, right? Is it? Is it missing it? But it makes you want to click. What's it missing? What is Kit Kat doing? What's up with Nestle? Well, all they did is they did a non-dairy version of it. So what it's missing is dairy milk. It's not missing dairy milk. It's dairy milk free. See how there's a difference. Why? 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 Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Okay. There's an article here by Derek Thompson talking about why coronavirus is they think is dropping. A little more detail in that link I provided earlier. iHeartMedia is going to be acquiring Triton Digital from Scripps Network because, as they say, the future of podcasting is. Uh, ads and ads analytics and that's what iheartmedia believes 230 million to buy this technology and uh there you go that's a big purchase in the podcasting space youtube is expanding shorts to the united states adding 4k and offline dvr to youtube tv launching in video shopping and more all coming this year in 2021 i thought that was kind of interesting because uh These updates that are coming out, I mean, they're focusing a lot on monetization, but I've never even heard of Shorts except when they first announced it. I haven't done anything with Shorts. But of course, what do they want to do? They want to compete with Instagram. They want to compete with TikTok. Um, We need to mention Rush Limbaugh died. He was 70 years old. He had cancer uh, and he died. There's a lot of people who don't love Rush Limbaugh because of his... Uh, not just his political views, which I think people would be amicable to even if you disagreed with him, but there were a lot of things that he did like uh, calling uh, AIDS the Rock Hudson disease or f- calling feminists feminazis. He had a way of making people uh, feel, I mean, really, long story short, he, he, he made people feel bad about other people in a lot of cases. Uh, and in many situations that outweighed his uh opinions whether you agreed with him or not he was very divisive but uh you know he he was important for talk radio and even if you disagree with him uh which i think i do and did and a lot of other people did and even if you were offended by him which i think i was and a lot of other people were too um he did he was a very important person in talk radio and he has passed away so there you go oh here's another article Talking more about uh, in The Verge, talking about how they uh, Ashley Carmen, friend of the show, uh, podcast wars will come down to ad tech, not exclusive content. I agree with her. Uh, exclusive content, all the money that sh- that Spotify has spent on Joe Rogan has that paid off for them? Do you think? How long do you think that will last? Do you think Joe Rogan will eventually leave the platform? Have you signed up? Have you signed up for Spotify? because Joe Rogan was on it and that was the only place you could get his stuff. Have you? Do you know anyone that has? My answers are no to both. I think that's worth thinking about. Oh, uh, one last thing about Texas. Texas was, quote, and this again, kudos to uh, to Texas Tribune. Texas was seconds and minutes away from catastrophic months-long blackouts. They had to turn the power off for a lot of people here because if they had let it go, the entire grid in Texas, would have shut down, and we wouldn't have just been without power for days. It would have been months, all of Texas. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Everything is so fragile. Diablo two is coming to all major consoles and PCs later this year. Whoop de doo! My kids were excited about that. Uh, there are some questions about who actually killed Malcolm X. Um, I believe there was an FBI agent who was on his deathbed, uh, Ray Wood. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It was not FBI. Ray Wood, an undercover New York police officer at the time of the murder. He had a deathbed confession accusing his NYPD supervisor of pressuring him to arrest Malcolm X's security detail just prior to the shooting. He says, under the direction of my handlers, I was told to encourage leaders and members of the civil rights groups to commit felonious acts there is a letter saying that his coercive effects entrap Malcolm X's bodyguards and ultimately guaranteed the activists would not have door security at the Audubon Ballroom where he was assassinated. Um, he was hit with a sawed-off shotgun blast and multiple semi-automatic handgun rounds. And um, they're saying that maybe there was a little bit more involved. This is a little conspiracy, but' it's conspiracy theory-ish, but FBI will not comment declining comment. It's interesting. I'll be following up on this story. You can be sure. Uh, Poland is fighting big tech by blocking social media censorship. You know, I'm always going to talk about censorship whenever I see it. Uh, Social media companies that censor users or remove posts for ideological reasons could soon face fines in Poland in a world first attempt to curb the power of big tech through legislation. This is an article in Fox News, The architect of law, deputy Polish justice minister Minister or minotaur, Sebastian Kaleta, said social media companies have too long been targeting conservatives, Christianity and other traditional values by banning them and removing posts. And the Polish government has said enough. Quote, we see that when big tech decides to remove content for political purposes, it's mostly content with which. Which praises traditional values or praises conservatism, he said, and it is deleted under their hate speech policy where it has no legal right to do so. Under the new legislation, any platform that bans a user would face fines of $13.5 million unless the content is also illegal under Polish law. An arbitration committee would be set up to oversee these disputes. Tech companies reached a point where they were deciding what was legal and what was not But that was not their role, Coletta says. Freedom of speech is not something that anonymous moderators working for private companies should decide, he said. Instead, that is for the national body. Duly elected officials and all industries, cars, phones, finance, were unregulated till they grew too large. The same should happen with big tech. It's very disturbing because if big tech sees themselves as an organization empowered through a ban, a sitting president of the U.S., it sends a message to the world that we can ban anyone whenever we want, he added. So. Interesting take from Poland. Uh, my last article. Guess what? After 28 years, Daft Punk is breaking up. The duo responsible for some of the most popular dance and pop songs ever have split. They broke the news with an eight-minute video titled Epilogue, excerpted from their 2006 film Electrama. Asked if Daft Punk were no more, their longtime publicist, Catherine Fraser confirmed the news to pitch for, gave no reason for the breakup. So that's it. They're done. And I'm pretty much done with today's show. I want to show you this right here is my Patreon for the new show, Disaster Proof. So if you want to go on this journey with me of learning how to not go through this kind of stuff, you can do it. There are a whole bunch of different levels with all kinds of fun, different stuff that I'm going to be doing. Here is, oh, the YouTube didn't load. Lovely. Um, There it goes. Don't, Don't play Dan. Shut up, Dan. Um, this is the new YouTube channel that I just launched that you can, uh, go there and watch the intro video and see what I'm going to be doing here. It's some videos of me in my backyard, shoveling snow so that I could flush the toilet. Lovely. But that's all I've got for you today. I'm very tired and I hope to see you all right here tomorrow. Same time, same place. Uh, stay safe out there and have a good one.